Baby Yoda, which is the new spin-off podcast. Oh my god, the theme song's so annoying. Let me stop that. I'm so sorry. Okay, that's better. So, this is a spin-off of my podcast, Disney Plus Plus Ben Plus Friends. As you can see, I'm leaving these in the same feed rather than creating a whole new show. Uh, the idea of this is that we are just a few weeks out, eight to be specific, from the the season premiere of season two of The Mandalorian, the incredible original Star Wars series on Disney+. And I I decided, hey, I want to go back through and watch all the episodes. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I bet a bunch of other people want to do that too. And so this way we get an opportunity to kind of like do that all together. This first one I'm going to be hosting by myself. I'm not going to have a sidekick, much like Mando didn't have the adorable little baby Yoda next to him. Uh, although here in the studio I do have next to me my daughter's life-size baby Yoda doll, which is adorable. You can see it in the uh, the show artwork, which I just used a photograph of, of uh, my co-host, my silent co-host, LBY, next to the, the microphone. So what I'm going to do on these episodes is definitely going to be shorter than the regular Disney Plus episodes. I, I'm going to try to break it down in segments, kind of like I do the main show. If this is the first episode of the podcast you're listening to, maybe maybe stop and check out another one. Find a movie that you want to listen to the episode of. But uh, what we're going to do, obviously, there's going to be spoilers because I'm going to be doing an in-depth breakdown of each episode of The Mandalorian Season 1. So this particular episode, we're starting at the beginning, a very good place to start. <laughs> Chapter 1, which is called The Mandalorian. So this is directed by Dave Filoni, written by Jon Favreau, was released on November 12th, 2019, which was the day that Disney Plus launched. This was one of the big selling points of Disney Plus at launch was, check this out, there's going to be an an original Star Wars show, and it's going to be PG-13, and it's basically going to be like Boba Fett the show. And man, this show absolutely delivered. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm going to try to talk about this episode specifically, but since this is the first one of these, I do feel the need to kind of broadly say that John Favreau did this really incredible job of bringing together this really diverse group of very cool, interesting directors, Bryce Dallas Howard, Deborah Chow, um, Taika Waititi. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's just incredible what he did. And, and the, the, there's a really cool docu-series on Disney Plus that I highly recommend you check out. If you like The Mandalorian enough to listen to me talk about it, then you should definitely check out the much better made documentary series. It's on Disney Plus. It's called Disney Gallery, Star Wars The Mandalorian. It's an eight-part series. And it really breaks down this very cool process because 
a lot of shows have a writer's room. There's a room of writers that work on the show together. And while you might see like, oh, Mindy Kaling wrote this episode of The Office. Well, Mindy Kaling was in the room helping write every episode of The Office. And actually in the later seasons, not that this is related to this show at all, but Mindy Kaling was the head writer. And so she was overseeing every single script of The Office. And I think what's really interesting is that usually the way the TV shows are made, each director kind of gets their own episode, does their own thing. And while the showrunners and producers kind of oversee that, each director gets to kind of make their own individual little short movie. This show basically had a director's room. Each director was on set for each of the other director's episodes. And I think that's what made this show feel so cohesive and made it really feel like a super long movie instead of just a series of episodes. So... I just think that's a really cool thing about how it was made. I also highly recommend if you go in and look, there's one episode, I think it's called Technology. It's episode four. If you're going to watch any episode of this docuseries, watch episode four, Technology, where they talk about how they made it. And I think what's very cool is whenever they were making the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, one of the big complaints is that everything was shot on blue screens and green screens. And so these actors were acting in front of nothing. They were pretending like they were sitting on benches, but really they were sitting on green blocks. And they were pretending to be by the Naboo rivers, and it was all beautiful. But instead, they were just standing in front of a blue screen. And when they made The Mandalorian, they project the images that are going to be on the screen and post behind the actors. So if the actors are in space, they're in space. If the actors are in a, in a on a desert, if they're on Tatooine, there's a desert, there's, there's mountains and crags. And so I think that this immersive thing really helped the actors respond. And I, I can't stress enough that... Uh, maybe this is a bad self <laughs> telling me instead of listening to this podcast, you should watch this docuseries. But I just wanted to get that kind of big overarching uh, idea about the show out there that I love the way it was made and I love how cohesive it feels. So let's dive into two. Again, we're going to talk about the first episode. Chapter one, The Mandalorian. So one idea I had for this particular spinoff show is... I'm going to be talking about themes, and I think each one of these episodes has its own theme that ties into the story and helps really weave this interesting fabric. I think when it was first coming out, a lot of people were referring to the show as Adventure of the Week, and I understand that. Each episode does feel a little bit different and episodic, kind of like a chapter in a book. I mean, they're called chapters, but I do think there is an overarching story, and the themes do run throughout the whole show. So, Episode one, chapter one, I think the main themes are destiny and identity. And this is definitely, these are two themes that we see throughout all of Star Wars. And I think that makes sense for an entry point to this show, that we're going to start with destiny and identity. Because all of Star Wars is about the Force and what role it plays in your destiny and what who you are and who you were born to be. And then again, identity, uh, who you think you are. Can that person change? You know, Han Solo thinks that he is this just cold, calloused scoundrel when we first meet him. And by the end of his life, spoilers for uh, episode seven, which came out, I don't know, seven years ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, when he dies, he he basically sacrifices himself to try to save his son. And it's a beautiful run for for that character. And so I want to talk about destiny and identity in this, and specifically the idea that what I think is cool about this very first episode is we get to see what the Mandalorian would have been like, what the show would have been like 
if it weren't for our adorable favorite little baby Yoda. We get to see how Mando is, how dark he is, how what he's capable of, what he's, what, you know, in the very first scene, it's one of my absolute favorite parts, he, he kills that guy with a door. I mean, he, he grabs this guy with a grappling hook and he yanks him into a door and then the door cut, guillotines the dude down the middle. They don't show all the blood, but I mean, that's a brutal way to kill somebody. And uh, I, I think that it's just so interesting to see who, who Din, Mando, has decided he is and what his life is. And yet, we will see that challenged throughout the show as he has to protect Yoda, baby Yoda, the child. You know, we, do, we I know it's not really Yoda. Don't come at me. So I, I think it's he's such an interesting character. As, you know, you're tempted to say a foil, but he's not even a foil because little baby Yoda is he becomes truly a child that Mandalorian that Mando Dan has to take care of, and it causes Din to think on his own childhood. And, you know, of course, there are these these parallels in that very last scene where we find out during the blacksmithing scene through a series of flashbacks that Din was chased into a hole and was almost killed by, uh, when he was a child, was almost killed by a droid, and then a Mandalorian shot the droid and saved him. And then that's exactly what happens at the end of this episode. And so that's an instance of destiny. But then I also think there's some really interesting ideas of identity and this specifically that bounty hunting, that you, that if you're a bounty hunter, that there's a certain way you have to operate and there are rules and there are guidelines. And in addition to that, kind of superficially, you know, like there's like way, you know, you got to be tough and you got to be calloused. And like, you know, as, as the client says, Bounty hunting is a very or is a complicated profession, you know. Werner Herzog just absolutely kills it in this show, but you know the idea that bounty hunting is a complicated profession is is true because in order to do a job where you're killing people for money, where you're capturing people for money, you've got to really separate the art from the artist uh, in a way that is going to absolutely take its toll psychologically. You're either going to end up kind of broken, like some of the people we see later on in the in the prisoner episode and or, or you're going to be din who has a shot at redemption but is going to have to fight for it now i also really like the idea of ig11 as again you know, I, I said i hesitate to call the child a foil i actually think ig11 is a more interesting foil to din because ig11 is literally programmed to be a killing machine <laughs> you know ig11 uh, obviously a, a take on ig88 the rumor is that supposedly it was going to be ig88 and they, they said, eh, we might want to use IG-88 in other movies and TV shows at some point in time, so instead of messing with his canon, can you just make it a different droid that looks exactly the same, which works fine. So IG-11, voiced by Taika Waititi, who just absolutely kills it, is is programmed. He, he, he cannot deviate from his programming to be a killing droid to the extent that he's willing to initiate self-destruct, to kill himself, to follow protocol. And when we first meet... Den, when we first meet Mando, we have every reason to believe that he also is a killing machine. I mean, the very first scene is designed to show us that he's a killing machine. There's this incredible pub crawl, not called crawl. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't go to five different microbreweries dressed up as a as a Rick and Morty character. There is this very interesting pub brawl where he ends up taking out multiple people and executing somebody with a with an automatic door <laughs> in, a, in a you know it, it's harrowing <laughs> and. It's all designed to show us that he is a killing machine. But then throughout the episode, we learn more of his past. We get that awesome flashback sequence at the blacksmith. And we see that he is, in fact, 
not. And the reason we know that he is not is at that last moment where he breaks the rules, he shoots IG-11 in the head, and he ends up saving the child. He sticks out his finger, and they have that, you know, creation of Adam moment. And it's clear that he has decided that he wants to break the cycle, and he wants to become the Mandalorian that saved him as a child. Now, obviously, in the next few episodes, he's going to have to deal with the consequences of that. But this episode is all about identity and Din breaking away from the identity he had established for himself and carving out a new one. So I want to also talk about my favorite parts, like I always do on the main Disney Plus show. I've already mentioned a bunch of them. I mean, one of my absolute favorite parts is just Werner Herzog as the client. He's incredible. I love that he had never seen a Star Wars movie and decided to do this anyway. I think just because John Favreau is, you know, seems to be a very fun person to hang out with, and he felt like doing it. There's this really interesting story that at one point in time there was this scene where the child was going to be all CGI, and uh, Werner Herzog famously said, "Bring back the puppet, you cowards!" <laughs> and like basically called called John Favreau and Dave Filoni uh, cowards and, and and they were like okay fine we'll use the puppet we'll use it and i think that you know it's great the practical effects are incredible the child is almost always a puppet and it's absolutely incredible we'll talk about him more in future episodes cuz barely in this one uh and then i i also just like in general the introduction to mando's ship and mando's hardware you know i grew up playing with star wars action figures and so i'm always going to be hooked by the gadgets and the gizmos and the way that Horatio Sands as the Mithril kind of goes down to use the vac tube and finds all the guns and ends up getting pushed into his onboard carbonite freezer. It's just very cool. It, it's, it's awesome. Carl Weathers is great. We'll get more of him, but always one of my favorite parts of the show is Carl Weathers basically just playing himself, which is, is wonderful. I love that they didn't even try to make him, you know, do the kind of fake British accent thing that they often do in Star Wars. Uh, I, I love Quill. Nick Nolte's performance as Quill is incredible. So almost all my favorite things about this first episode are, in fact, introductions to these new characters. And then, finally, IG-11, I think, absolutely rules. The first time I saw this and IG-11 got shot and killed, I was actually kind of devastated because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to spend so much time with this character. I think these two are going to go on this romp with this little baby Yoda, and then he's dead. And I'm so glad that he ends up coming back in, that, in the last two episodes because just an incredible performance by Taika Waititi, who actually... Uh, what has been nominated uh, for several awards for his voice performance as he as he should have rightfully so, and yeah, so those those are my favorite parts. That shootout at the end in general is just so cool. It's so well choreographed. I think my favorite moment of the shootout is there's this one part where Din calls out up top, and IG Eleven shoots his guns literally straight up at a ninety degree angle from his elbows, straight up. And it's out of frame. We actually don't see him, sh what, what he shoots or how he shoots. And then suddenly a Nikto just falls from the sky. And it is an incredible moment. Also, Mando using the grappling hook to pull on that blaster and then riding it. It feels like a video game in the best way possible. A lot of time when people talk about movies feeling like video games, I mean it in a bad way. I would love to play this video game. <laughs> so those are some of my favorite parts, some of my favorite quotes. I mean, I think the quote is... I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold, which definitely needs to be the name of a song on the new A Day to Remember record. <laughs> uh, that's just an awesome line. I, it gets called back throughout the show. You know, at one point in time, he ends up getting to say, like, say, that's my line and blow up a ship. And it's just cheesy and fun in a really 80s way. It feels very, you know, uh, Schwarzenegger-y. I, I can absolutely picture, you know, Terminator 2, you know, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. 
This show is just going to be me doing um, <laughs> bad impressions of people from Austria and Germany. I guess I don't know that that's where we're running our songs from. I probably should just guess. <laughs> I also love uh, Horatio Sands as the Mithril. An interesting theme of the show is comedians playing, you know, n not necessarily comedic characters in Star Wars, although this one has some comedic relief, uh, which is... Uh, if you've never seen a fledgling mithril evacuate their thorax, you're a lucky guy. Trust me. And he gives it this very, like, John Candy delivery, and I just absolutely love that. I already said it, but bounty hunting is a complicated profession uh, from the client. I also love that we never learned that I know of. We never learned the client's name. He's just the client. Well, same as the child. And, in fact, the Mandalorian is the Mandalorian until one of the last moments of the, of the final, you know, um, Final episode of the first season. We finally learned that his name is Dan. And so I, I think that's a cool throwback to spaghetti westerns that we've got the Mandalorian, the client, the child. I, I really like that a lot. Uh, I just love the back and forth between IG-11 and Mando in that last shootout. I love the, the line, uh, do not self-destruct. We are shooting our way out. And then like laser blasts rain down on them. And then IG-11 just goes, beginning self-destruct countdown. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, a similar IG-11 line I, I love. They're looking at, at Baby Yoda, and he says, Species age differently. Perhaps it could have lived many centuries. Sadly, we'll never know. And then starts to pull out his blaster to shoot the child. And, it, I, you know, it's dark and funny and terrifying. I think they do a really great job of, of violence with Baby Yoda. We'll talk about that big time as a theme throughout the show. Uh, those are my favorite quotes, and then I'm, I'm going to end each one of these with winners and losers. Droid don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookiees are known to do that. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, R2. Let the Wookiee win. I think the winners of this episode are Mando. I mean, you know, he, he goes through a, a, a romp and gets paid handsomely, gets enough. Uh, you know, to, to end up getting that cool shoulder plate and then ends up, you know, his, his past end up crossing with the child who is going to end up changing his life. And so that's the other winner here is the child and the child doesn't do very much in this episode, but definitely wins because his path has crossed with Mando. And the fact that Din is able to save his life by eliminating IG-11 definitely makes him a winner. And on, on the loser's front, I'm going to go with Horatio Sanchez Mithril, who, uh, it's just so slimy and pathetic, and we don't know what the bounty is for. You know, th these are troubling times in the galaxy. It, it could be very possible that this is a very good person, but what the vision we get of him is is very slimy and pathetic, and uh, you know, just trying to escape constantly. And he he has a very stressful, uh, you know, on screen it's a few minutes, but you know, in the sh in the actual time it would be several hours leading up to him getting frozen in carbonite. And then finally, the absolute loser of the episode, it, we're going to just call him Doorman, the, the guy who gets grappling hooked into that door and then and just sliced in half. It's like a Mortal Kombat fatality. It's it's just wild. So those are the winners and losers of Chapter 1. Uh, the Mandalorian, again, that was directed by Dave Filoni. Oh, you know what? I'll tag on winner, Dave Filoni, because Dave Filoni is this massive Star Wars fan. He absolutely loves Star Wars. He got involved with Clone Wars, Worked his way up into being one of the heads of Clone Wars, as well as the uh, co-creator of Star Wars Rebels, and now is heavily involved in the live-action stuff. And he's really the person that George Lucas has passed the torch on to. I mean, he, he is the guy when it comes to, hey, uh, it, would this happen? Does the Force work like this? Does the Force work like that? 
And so it's very cool because he's truly just a, a lifelong Star Wars fan who has basically become the next generation's George Lucas, you know, so big time winner there. All right. So that's the end of the episode. Uh, another thing that I'm going to do with these that, that maybe is a little bit different is I'm going to take questions. So if you have any questions that you'd like for me to answer on a podcast, send them to me at benbooksshows at gmail.com. That's benbooksshows at gmail.com. And in the subject line, maybe put uh, Baby Yoda questions or Mandalorian questions, something like that that calls my attention to it so that I know that it's not related to my other podcast, Hope Radio. So, again, if you have any questions, hit me up. I'll probably have co-hosts on most of these episodes. And then the other thing that's really cool that I am offering is that if you subscribe to my Patreon, which you, uh, you know, I don't ever want anybody to feel obligated. I always feel awkward asking. I'm I'm Midwest as I'll get out. But to be very frank, uh, that's this is the way I'm making money right now. Uh, The way the economy has shifted because of COVID. I run a concert venue. There aren't concerts happening right now. And to be very frank, I lost my other job because it was a customer-facing position. And there's less facing of customers these days than there were seven months ago. So I, uh, if, if you want to subscribe to my Patreon, that'd be amazing. Uh, there will be a link to it in the episode. But I say all of this because I'm going to be doing listen-alongs for my Patreon subscribers. If you, don't, if you give me $5 a month or more, then you will get audio, which is a listen-along file of each episode of The Mandalorian. And... Well, at the start of the episode, I help you sync up with me, you know, so I say three, two, one, play, and we listen. And so it's basically an audio commentary track of me watching it. It's, you know, little tidbits that I've learned from, you know, my years obsessing as a Star Wars fan. Hopefully funny little remarks that you also think are funny and not annoying. But if that sounds like a perk that you'd be interested in at all, feel free to do that. Also, please finally uh, go vote for my podcast, Op Radio, for the best of Kansas City 2020 and the Pitch Kansas City Awards. It's up for Best Local Podcast. It's a finalist among five, and every vote would be just absolutely incredible. So thanks so much. Hope you enjoyed this. We will be back uh, very soon with another full episode of Disney Plus Plus Band Plus Friends, as well as every Friday from now until Season 2 drops. I'll be doing recaps of Season 1, and then once Season 2 drops, I, I plan on continuing it. So for the next 16 weeks, let's do this. Let's Once a week, let's talk about The Mandalorian. I had fun. I hope you did. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Be excellent to one another. And peace out. Don't don't get vaporized by a disruptor blaster. I don't know how this one ends. I don't know. I don't know how it ends. Yoda, baby Yoda, Yoda. Yoda.